everyone, it's Tyler from 5Tool Productions, and this is another episode of the Create Smarter Podcast. Now, on today's episode, we're talking to Chris Haddad of Victory Sports. It's an app and community aimed at teaching sports to young kids. Now, believe it or not, this isn't his first shot at an app. He actually launched his first app in business from his college dorm room. Now, we talk about some of the lessons he learned from that first launch, the importance of building a community, and how he's planning to expand. It's another great one. You won't want to miss it. And it starts right now. So we welcome to Chris Haddad of Victory Sports. Chris, welcome That's in, man. How you doing? I appreciate you guys having me. Thank you very much. Doing uh, all right. Awesome. So t- give me, what is Victory Sports? Explain. So it. We'll go back and we'll start from the beginning. Yeah. Give me a little yeah, so idea Vict- what Victory, Victory Sports It's a sports education platform, okay? So right now our launching sport is football. So anything you want to learn football, whether it be what is a helmet to all the way to what is a cover to and everything in between. So there really is no limit. If you are an expert in football, there's always something learned to new, uh, new to learn. And if you're uh, brand new and you want to, get into the game maybe your son or daughter plays that this is the perfect platform to jump in and uh, we have a mobile app which is free to download on both ios and android uh, you can download it and go from there and we tune into our sports school and we literally take you by the hand and walk you through everything so, that, uh, awesome. so how, have, how does all come about how so, that, i mean i know you have an interesting background we'll get into yeah you know everything <laughs> prior to yep. victory sports but how, how did you come up with the idea for victory yeah sports? so the the Story origin always goes back to, it was my first year coaching football. I believe I was 24 years old and I was a special teams coach and uh, we had a special teams punt block in and it was our senior captain. He got through clean and instead of tackling the the punter, he tried to block it off his foot. Of course, he missed. The field ended up flipped and we ended up losing the game, right? It wasn't solely on that play, but that play would have had a major impact uh, on It's it. a game changer. Absolutely, yeah. Right? So, um, so, you know, he comes to the sideline. I'm ready to, as a coach, lay into him. Why didn't you tackle the punter right and his immediate reaction was i can't that's roughing the kicker right and i was just like okay and like you know i shoot him away he went to his off you know he played both sides of the football so he went to offense and i went home that night and i was like why if a kid or a player doesn't know anything about a sport it's the coach's fault right and the reason is as he's the only direct medium to learn the sport you can't go if you go and play madden if I'm playing Madden, I'm throwing up 30 Hail Marys to win the football game. I'm not sitting there strategically trying to learn the game, right? So that – and that was where kids are stuck nowadays. They don't have a medium to go to learn. So we built a mobile app. We built a platform where if you're a parent, kid, coach, doesn't matter, and you want to learn more football, you can come to Victory Sports. That's awesome. That's yeah. so cool. I mean, yeah. it's, it's a cool idea because, you know, you mentioned parents, coaches too mm-hmm. because that's the big thing, I think, that kids definitely don't know – parents a lot of them have no idea you yeah. hear them from the stands screaming and yelling but they really don't know the actual rules yeah i found that as a baseball coach and a baseball player that parents would be yelling say they can't do that that's not right that's illegal that's, exactly you know that the, the guy's out exactly. <laughs> that doesn't work. and the secondary source of learning is your parents right or but you know a lot of times a lot of the kids i coach too they come from single family households right so they're living with just their mother or they're living with just their father and if their father or mother doesn't have football experience or they don't have sports experience the only outlet for a kid is the coach and if the coach is stuck in his ways of teaching one way and he's been there for 40 years or whatever it may be your your only extent of knowledge is your coach so and it, you know we had to learn that the hard way where we're trying to teach these kids and you know they think they know football but they have no clue about football and same with us too i'm learning every single day and it's it's not like 
at Victor, we know everything, but we're trying to be up to date with everything that's possibly out there so we can inform the people for free on what's going on. So I want, I'm going to dig into in a, a couple of minutes, I want to dig into exactly some of the things you're doing with Victory in order to try to teach the, and spread the word. Sure. And some of the folks that you've had on, on the podcast, we'll talk about yeah. that. But I want to kind of step back. Sure. Um, we just had an interesting conversation. Now, what's funny is you were actually my intern. Yes. Like <laughs> 10 years ago, which is hysterical. That's what makes this conversation even funnier right yeah. now. But after you entered, you went to the same college that I went to. Yeah. You went to Curry College. Curry college. Yep. So what happened from Curry College to fast forward now in between? Because you have a different background than a lot of folks. It wasn't like, hey, I just had a corporate job, and then all of a sudden I started this on the side. You started things in college. You you just have a fun background. So yeah, yeah. Explain so, that to me so while you were there. It was uh, my senior year of college. It was me and a childhood friend. We linked up, and we developed this website mobile app called mass nightly okay and what mass nightly was was you could search anywhere in massachusetts specifically uh bars and restaurants for food and drink specials live music special events karaoke you name it you could go on this app and, and search for it and it was it was a free to use app um you know you could search like i said you could search so more so than a yelp where yelp explains like here's the restaurant this is more about here are the events and things that are going exactly, on exactly yeah. at those restaurants yeah so right? it was more for because massachusetts doesn't have happy hour we couldn't list drink special they don't have drink specials right but you could find 10 cent wings on there you could find any type of food special whether it be 25 dollars all you can eat or, or whatever it may be so we were the central listing source for that and we had over fifteen thousand downloads for the app and it was really cool and uh, a lot of what we did we paired up with dirty water news and we were able to go through uh just learning the whole video podcast the blogging process so uh you know we went from mass nightly and yeah, so actually, I'll back up even more of that. So while I was doing Mass Nightly in college, um, it was my senior year. I graduated. Then I worked at EMC for a little bit, which is now Dell. Um, mm -hmm. So I was doing uh, security there. and uh, Sorry, internet security there. So I worked there for two years and then uh, moved on from that and then just did Mass Nightly and then uh, transitioned into Victory. So we, we ended up having to shut down Mass Nightly. But from there, it was from Mass Nightly to Victory. We but, so you don't get off that easy, though, man. Yeah. <laughs> you, you don't say, yeah, we just ended up shutting yeah. down. But there's kind of lessons learned and thing that you kind of, while you're going through that process, that gives the idea for Victory, right? And yeah. how to run a business as opposed to, okay, I just built this app. Because that's one of the things. When you're 22, you think, oh, I built this cool app, yeah. which that's awesome. I mean, I had no idea what to do when I was 22. But yeah. So do you have any idea how to run a business? No, I mean, no, absolutely work? not. Absolutely not. I think that played into the major part of why we had to shut down Mass Nightly. And, you know, a lot of what we were doing is, and I found this out the hard way, and I feel like every part of the business, that business in general, I found out the hard way, right? So we were outsourcing all the development for Victory. So we were, you know, every time. For Mass Nightly. For Mass, oh, sorry, for Mass Nightly, yeah. So we were outsourcing all the, the code. So if we had to make a small change, we had to pay somebody. And. I'm a college kid, senior year in college. I have no money, and that I money I do say, have that money is going, is going to towards the bar the street, weekend. Yeah, right? so uh, so we had no money, and, and my co-founder too. He was working uh, a few jobs, but he had to pay rent and everything. So it wasn't like we could just pull out our pockets, and you know we didn't have any funding. You didn't have a thousand dollars here, a thousand dollars there. Right? We had pocket lint and whatever else was stuck in there, a couple you know uh, pennies and quarters. So uh, we went from there. To we end up, you know, I got a job at EMC, so I was making pretty good money there. But even still, I just didn't want to dish out money. So, uh, to your point of like where I learned the whole business process was, we just had to learn the hard way of trying to make money and trying to get these bars to pay us, which was extremely tough to do. Even today, it's extremely tough to do because the more apps that are coming out, the amount of apps that I saw come through just the Boston bar scene in general is absurd. And like they all come. 
there was one app, I can't remember the name of it, but they actually put cameras in bars. So you could tell the male to female ratio. And they had really cool technology where you, when whoever walked in, they could tell. So if you were a bunch of guys sitting around, where should we go tonight? Oh, well, this you bar You could say, well, this has 30 guys. This has 30 girls. Exactly. Which one are you going to? Exactly. Right? So, like, the, the technology was coming out was great. But just getting bars to pay you and, and the monetization process of it, it was, it was very hard to do. So we ended up having to shut it down. So then uh, when we built Victory, uh, you know, I decided that we had a, a guy on that was building the app. And then, you know, he wasn't able to do it anymore. So I just said, screw it. I'm going to build this mobile app. So I just hunkered down and taught myself how to code and – it was a long process and it was a grueling process, but <laughs> so you literally just said four things right there. You had people, someone kind of left, and then you taught yourself code. Yeah. So when you went in with Victory Sports, who, who were the kind of the founding people? How'd you actually start with people? How'd you kind of come together with folks? Yeah, I'm bouncing around here. So no, no feel, problem. Feel no, no, that, that, that's my job to reel everybody in. So um, it works. So it's it's myself, Brian Woolard, right? We were the initial two co-founders, right? And then Brian was working a full-time job, still currently is too. So he's part-time on it. So. Uh, it was us two. We're college room, uh, college dorm room friends as well. So everything kind of traces its roots back to Curry College, even this interview. So even this interview <laughs> does. Some way, somehow, it comes back. So I just called him up one day, and I made a list of 10 people of people I, I want to work you know, with this project on. I really wanted a co-founder that was dedicated to this, that wasn't just going to put in a half-ass effort, and you know, that really cared about football, cared about helping kids, and cared about getting people. Uh, and, and cared about this idea. How important exactly. is that part, just to make sure it's everybody cares so about the idea? Because so I've seen it before, and people say, oh, I'd love to do that. And then they kind of fall off. Yeah. And, and they say, oh, well, I'll help you any way I can. Well, I can't do it this weekend. I can't do it that exactly. weekend. I, I don't really want to be doing this on the nights or in the mornings or mm -hmm. after hours or, you know, during my lunch break. It's like, well, when are you going to help Exactly. Me, right? Exactly. And you get, I, I call it the honeymoon effect, right? Because when you get in a relationship, it's all sunshine and butterflies. And then all of a sudden things start evening out. You start getting in a fight. But that's, you know, I, I really vetted the co-founders in that perspective, like who I wanted to work with is like, is, is the honeymoon effect going to catch on? Where like you can show friends, hey, I got this cool app I'm working on. And then all of a sudden it dies out. And, you know, we've been at it for about a year and a half now, two years. And, you know, Brian's still engaged. And we actually have another co-founder on, Steve McGrath. He does the podcast with me. And he's very involved well. But, you know, to those guys' credits, there's never been that honeymoon effect where every day, every week, we're just grinding, grinding, grinding. And there's there hasn't been any drop-off of, like, oh, I can't do this today. Or there's no interest here today. And we're just going nonstop. So, That's awesome. Uh, the, the excitement hasn't waned, right? Exactly. It just continues exactly. on. And, and I think cool. a lot of that has become, you know, we get a new podcast guest each week, whether it be an NFL guy or a former coach and it's like hey guys we got this and it gets it gets the energy back up and um you know because there is times in entrepreneurship i'm you, know, you guys you and phil going through it too where like you hit those highs you hit those lows but well, there's peaks and valleys there's waves there is, yeah right there's no such thing as like oh we've just riding high for a full exactly. year there's times where you say what are we doing why are we doing this right mm -hmm. now does this make any sense should i just go get a nine to five job exactly. right that happens exactly. but then you start and say well is the grass actually that greener over there mm -hmm. i don't necessarily know if that's the case and yeah. i've said that Dozens of, oh, times, of course, no question. Of course. So go, go back to what you were saying before about coding. So the yeah. app itself. So one of the things you learned from Mass Nightly was not to outsource the code, yeah, obviously, yeah. right? So when you started Victory Sports, did you start off with the idea of you're coding this yourself? Or did you say you, you one of the co-founders need to start coding? How did this work? Yeah, so we had a guy on board. Uh, his name was Will. He started to build the initial app. And that was like our MVP. That was like a raw. And it's so funny looking back at our app. Because we wanted the initial idea of the app was, all right, we just want to test these kids and see how much they know. So it was 20 questions randomly. We just spit out at you. So we created a huge database of questions. 
and we just spit out 20 questions. Interesting. And, and so there it's just was a, a giant poll, basically, just a right? giant, Yeah, just a giant big Q&A. Here you go. And then it records your scores, and you can have a leaderboard against your team to see who's the smartest kid. So, And it's, just, it's funny looking back at it because, you know, I coach at Bellingham High School, so I took it and gave it to my kids and said, go ahead, use it. And I wanted to test, like, how many kids came back. Like, is this something that the kids actually want? And we had, like, five or six kids use it. Oh, cool. And they put it away. So never touched, never it touched it again. So for us, it was, it was a little disheartening. Like, okay, well, we got to change our idea about, you know, why would people come to our app? Are they coming to just take 20 questions? You can go anywhere and just, you know, you can sit there with your friend and ask them some exactly. 20 questions. So you, you can pull a bunch of questions online and you can say, I've got 20 questions. Okay. That, that exactly. was fun for eight minutes. Exactly. Done, right? So for us, it was, all right, what's the next step for us? And it was like, all right, well, why don't we just be the central source where you can learn sports? So that 20, well, that big database, let's say of 100 questions, now turned into 1,000 questions and 1,000 resources and references, which we have to now teach you, right? So the hardest part for us was putting ourselves in the driver's seat of, all right, we need to teach someone who knows absolutely nothing about football. How do we explain them football through a mobile app? You know, so for us, it was like, all right, well, if I don't know about yard lines and I don't know what you know, uh, the hash mark is, or I don't know what the boundary of the field is. How do we explain that to someone through digitally through a mobile app without being there just by reading words? So we spent a few months on that and that was probably the biggest pain in the ass about this whole process is just getting doubt. Like, so we have over a thousand references and a thousand questions in there. Just, uh, oh, wow. Yeah. No way that many. Yeah. Yep. So it's loaded. It's absolutely loaded that database, but it's, it's something that we spent a lot of time on. We made sure there was no typos. There was no nothing that we just went through there and make sure all the content was perfect. So with that, you know, with apps, it's interesting. It's kind of, I always say it's the chicken and the egg. Like you want to have an app that's full of content and have a ton of stuff in there, but you obviously, obviously want to have a ton of people that are coming to the app itself. How do you balance that? And how do you, how do you drive people to it outside of you going to every single school and saying, Hey, here's my app. Take a peek at this. Yeah. How do you start driving people to it, and how do you actually make sure that there's enough content? Obviously, thousands of questions is great, but to make sure that it's not stale, to continue on. Yeah, so social media has been a huge for us, as well as blogging, too. Uh, our traffic numbers have gone through the roof since we started blogging. We started getting those blogs onto the social media and really engaging with coaches. I think that's the biggest thing is being able to – you know, you can build something. People aren't just going to naturally come to it. And it's funny because when we first started, it was like, oh, if we build this cool app that no one's doing – people will find us and that's not how it works. I mean, you guys know it's, it, that's not business. You need to market it fi- uh, effectively and efficiently. Well, especially with apps. I mean, well, the thing I always say is like, it's putting a billboard up in the middle of nowhere. Exactly. Right? You, you put it up, there are so many billboards all over the place and so many apps all over the place. Yeah. They're not gonna just find it. They no. have to weed through it themselves. So yeah. you have to give them a reason to come there. Yeah, right? and especially for us, it was the, just trying to get, I mean, like I said, we we're on social media too. So just engaging with coaches or I'd, the amount of coaches that I have direct messages saying, hey, coach, what's your pain points? Just so maybe we can fix them too because you know, I taught myself how to code, taught myself how to develop. Is there a tool that I can build for you that can help you out too? So we've got a couple tools in the works right now for coaches that can just get on and, and be able to help their players out. Um, so for us, it was you know, getting to that point as, as well, but um, you know, just also just building something that they want and that players want and it's effective too. They're not just getting on it checking it out for two minutes and getting off too. So uh, for us, it was, it was doing, being able to do both, please the coaches and the players and then get them all into one platform and then ultimately make sure they're learning. So that's awesome. So with all this, how do you make money off of it? Yeah. With apps, everybody always wonders like, okay, this is great. This is so cool. Yeah. Do I download it for a dollar 99 or is it a free app? Now this, I checked out, it's a free app right now. So 
with that, how the hell do you actually make money off of it? Yeah, so the app market is it's tough, right? Because if you charge a dollar ninety nine, people are gonna be shied away from it. It's funny because the dollar ninety nine is literally nothing like not no go, money in the real world, but in the app world it, it's a lot of money, right? Go and, into your couch and you'll find a dollar ninety nine. Exactly. Go into my cup holder, my change holder in my car and you'll find yeah. I'll be able to buy three apps today, exactly. right? And I always I always make the reference to when you're in the lunchroom, right, and you had forty cents to buy a chocolate milk, that that would just seem like a lot of money when you're in the lunchroom as a kid. And and it's the same thing in the app world too, where you get in that the dollar ninety nine even a ninety nine cents, people don't want to do it. But if it's free, it's okay. So so what we're doing, um so we we have it free so you can use it. And our our main thing was just to build the user base, not so much make a buck off it, right? Which I know from a business standpoint isn't a good thing to say because the number one driver of business is to make money, right? So for us it was all right, get users to the uh website, get them to the mobile app, okay? But to your point, to the chicken before the egg, we built the mobile app before we actually pushed the content. So we were doing a little bit ass backwards, so to say. So uh, we built the mobile app and then realized, hey, we need to get the content to filter people to the mobile app as well. We so, have to have a reason for them to come back. Yeah, exactly. Right, for them to use it. And just going back, we haven't spent a dollar on marketing and we still haven't to this day, right? So we're getting a sufficient amount of downloads per day just on strictly organic, right? And for us, going back to the whole Mass Nightly thing, we didn't have, a, and we still don't, just have a dollar to throw around to, to market this. So our biggest driver and what we were thinking is like, let's get this stuff organically out there, organically through social media and, and get those organic traffic transferring to uh, the downloads on the mobile app. So, um, you know, for us, it was, all right, so we tried to, we actually, we did try to uh, make people pay on the mobile app. We had a free section, which we called the sports school, which is still free. You can go through. And then we had advanced learning, which we sold. We called them app packs. Uh, for a dollar ninety nine, two ninety nine, to try to get that going. Of course, no one really funneled to that because the traffic wasn't big, right? We had one to two downloads a, a, every other day, maybe, um, and it was more of the introductory course. If you're a person that's never learned football before, you're not going to skip right through the advanced learning. You're going to take the sports school first, go through it, and then you're going to transfer down. It's the funnel process that's going to happen. So for us, we were we put, like I said, the chicken a little bit before the egg there, trying to get the money and stuff out there. So we've scaled back a little bit. Everything's free now on the app. Um, and ultimately we're going to go back to that plan and have a subscription service where people can pay for it. But for now, it's just trying to get free content out there, trying to get people to the site and just trying to generate traffic, uh, that we can ultimately funnel two different areas of what we're going to have a paywall so to build up the audience yep. and then try to generate revenue off the audience. Yeah, and, stuff. Yeah. and that's been the most efficient for us too, is just trying to build that audience to get out there. Um, you know, and making sure that a the coaches are happy, the parents are happy, the the kids are happy because we ultimately are a learning resource. We do care about the kids. I'm not trying to grab your wallet and run, right? And I think well, as a football coach, you understand it yourself yeah, firsthand, yeah. right? Yeah, and and you know, coaches 99% of the time are teachers, right? So they work in the school, they work with the kids. Well, for us, it's it's why we're we gonna take money out of teachers' pockets to try to make a quick buck out of them. So let's get the free resources out there. Let's make sure the game is growing because it's taking a hit. Right, the game of football Definitely. itself no is taking questions. a hit. So it's if we can educate and make the game safer, make the game more, uh, make the players more aware, parents, coaches more aware, and we paired up with the uh, National Athletic Trainers Association to use some of their questions in our app as well, uh, such as like dehydration questions, safety questions. That we have a whole safety database built out, so you know you can learn from the app as well from that uh, point of view, from the trainer's point of view. So. Very cool. Now, yeah. now, what are some of the things I've obviously we talked beforehand, just from a, a streaming, some of the coaches' clinics. I, explain those to me. What what are those things that you're doing right now? Yeah. You? So and, and why? Yeah. So um, we two weeks ago, two weeks ago, yeah, it'll be almost two weeks ago tomorrow. Uh, we launched the on, the free online coaches' clinics is how we're pinning them. So 
essentially what it is is I was sitting there one day and I went to North Carolina last year, the AFCA. It's one of the biggest coaching conventions in the country. And what that requires is you go to North Carolina. This year it was in Texas, okay, San Antonio. So if you're going to go, you need to airlines you got uh, sorry airplane you got to get a hotel you got to get a membership fee you got to you got to spend all this money the whole thing probably comes out to about three four hundred bucks for the week probably more than that just the, the flight alone yeah right? the flight, the flight alone, alone is a couple hundred bucks yeah right? so i went to north carolina last year that flight there was relatively cheap but rather than that let's say four or five hundred dollars right yeah and that happens once a year in january and that's it so for us it was like all right well how do we can we bring that experience to you right and for us it was like i think we can right well how do we do it so I played around with some tech and, and tried to draw interest of coaches, players, and different people. Like, it's, is this actually possible to do at home? So uh, what we're doing is we're bringing the clinic actually to you. So the always joke we have around around the office is, you know, we want the coach to be sitting in his underwear on his couch with his notepad out, with his TV on behind him, and he's sitting there watching our clinic, right? So we're bringing that clinic experience to your living room, essentially. And all it is, it's an hour and a half. It's not – Clinics usually are around six to seven hours. We spend a whole day there going in. You start to get exhausted. If a clinic's running too long because it's too boring, you start to nod off a little bit. So for us, we wanted to make it just hyper interactive and very short. So uh, the big thing that we're really stressing is the engagement, but also the time length as well. So each coach that comes on has about 30 to 35 minutes to present, okay, which may gotcha. not seem like a lot of time, but you know the criteria we give them is like, hey, you got six to seven slides to make your point. Okay, which really focuses or forces them to really focus on what they really talk about and not really BS it much. It's like, get to the point. And then we have 10 to 15 minutes afterwards, which is almost half the time of engagement. So we're really stressing on people engaging because what happens is, have you ever been to clinics? I don't know if you've ever been Oh my there. gosh, yeah, I mean, okay. I'm a baseball guy. So I've been to okay. five zillion clinics okay. throughout my life. So you know how it is. So you sit there while a coach is talking and there's probably 100 to 50 people, probably, probably more to a f- lower end about 100 or whatever it is in a room right and you sit there and you don't want to raise your hand and ask a question because you don't want to be that guy right or if you ask a dumb question everyone kind of looks at you and your oh, ego yeah. gets everybody busted. turns around and you say or what am i doing right exactly now? Yep. so uh what we wanted to do was bring that experience of now you're sitting at home on your computer there's no fear of asking a question because all that comes up is coach chris that comes up as your username so you can ask a question without feeling that embarrassment of is anyone going to judge me if I ask this question? So we've, and I think that's the biggest thing that we've gotten good responses on is, Hey, this platform to engage with coaches or ask the necessary questions is awesome because it's an hour and a half. It's not too long. And there's 10 to 50 minutes that we allot to you coaches to ask questions. That way it can be answered on the spot. That's awesome. Yeah. That's really, I can see that. I mean, I played a coach. I totally understand. Yeah, that it makes yeah. perfect sense. Yeah. And everything's free. And it's, you know, we keep hopping on the free thing and we're just trying to really build that user base of education and us being the platform where if you want to learn, you can come learn for free. So so to me, it kind of sounds like content and audiences being built at the exact same time. Exactly. And then monetization kind of comes later. Yeah, yeah. And that's something that, and, you know, my two co-founders are all part-time. So we're, we're throwing our time at this efficiently. Um, but... You know, we're trying to really build that audience first before we move to the paywall stuff with the subscription services and and being able to to generate move that traffic to a paid traffic as well. So, so it's in the how pipeline. hard is it? You know, kind of from a business standpoint, going back to your two co- co-founders, I know folks have fallen off. We talked about this before. Yeah. How hard is it to keep everybody? your whole team engaged at the same time. Yeah, so a lot of what we do, so they're all based in Massachusetts, uh, actually right down the road in, in Norwood. So Awesome. Uh, yeah, so they're Norwood and Walpole. So they're not 
too far away uh, in a sense. So, but we meet pretty much every night on Google Hangouts. Okay, so we're not actually meeting physically. We're on Google Hangouts. So, uh, and that's been time efficient for us because they have wife. They, you know, no kids yet, but they have wives. They have other things that they need to attend to coming home from work, you know, the long grind of the day. So we're able to get on at night and just jump on a Google Hangout and plan for the week on what we need to do. And one thing, and so this is to the uh, credit of the co-founders as well, we're extremely organized in what we do. So every Sunday night we get on and say, all right, we need to do this for the week and we hammer and we get it done. So um, organization is key, but also meeting and just being in touch. And technology has given us that, that medium to be able to do it where we can just you know, jump on a Google Hangout, which takes two clicks to get on and, and go from there. That's awesome. Yeah. So l- l- let's talk about the, the part of this that we haven't touched on. We, you mentioned the podcast. You mentioned folks coming on the podcast. Yeah. Explain the podcast, uh, how this kind of works into everything. Obviously, y- you've got some great names on there. And has it become a traffic driver? What, what was the reason you guys started it? Yeah, so it was originally just to get kind of our names and faces out there. And the first three guests we had on were all local people. Uh, it was Anthony Vizakis, who's the head coach at Milford High School. Uh, we had Kirsten Cyrus on, and then a kid that played at Mount Ida when they shut down Mount Ida. So, okay. yeah, we brought him on to talk about that whole experience because he was a student there, and then all of a sudden woke up one day and was like, hey, you don't go here anymore. You don't go anywhere. This doesn't exist <laughs> yeah, this anymore. Doesn't this exist. isn't a school. It's now owned by UMass exactly. Boston, I think. Yeah, so if you want to play football, go, go somewhere else. So we had him on. Uh, we had another coach, Coach Graybold, on, uh, who coaches at Fort Atkinson in Wisconsin. So those are the three kind of, you know, I wouldn't say not big names, but local names, so to say, where they coach at local high schools or Kirsten Cyrus runs Locker Room Talk, which is a great recruiting uh, resource as well for, for parents and, and players. And then we started to reach out like, hey, why don't we try to reach out just on a limb and try to get these bigger names on here, these NFL guys, current, former. So um, we started reaching out to guys and we ended up, you know, our first really big name was Cyrus Jones, you know, who's now playing for the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah. And we had him on and then we just, the snowball effect took over from there where we started to get all these big names on. But what the cool thing is, is we, we start from their high school to youth journey and all the way through the NFL. So like what, what took them there? Like what we dig into the mindset of, you know, getting from that spot all the way to the NFL. It's not necessarily like, Hey, how awesome is it to be an NFL player? This is great. It's, here's the process that I went through, right? From Alabama to the Patriots to being cut back and forth. Exactly. We don't, we don't try to fangirl too much. Like, Oh my God, what's Nick Saban like or anything (laughs) like that. But it's also, my wife would do that. Yeah, of course. In the back of my head, it's definitely sitting there, but uh, just because how great of a coach he is, but we navigate the podcast where, you know, it's take us through, and it's good though, because they're on Google Hangouts as well. We use Google Hangouts for everything, but they're in the comfort of their home as well. And, they're just kind of talking through their journey on what made them great and, and what ultimately got them where, you know, they've had outside influences that could have brought them this way, but they end up going this way. Or uh, one of the big things is multi-sport athletes. Like how many of these guys actually play baseball, basketball, and are just absolute well, monsters? That, that, on. that right now is the big thing. I mean, I'm a guy, I've got two kids, obviously that they're, they're younger, but they haven't really started playing sports other than, you know, the, the local soccer clinic mm-hmm. down the street that they can run into the walls. Yeah. <laughs> but one of the things that everybody keeps talking about is the multi-sport athlete. Yeah. I, mean, I played every sport underneath the sun growing up, mm-hmm. and I see more and more kids from a baseball perspective that focus on they play baseball yeah. year-round, and that's it. I played baseball year-round, but I also played soccer, football, basketball all year as well. Exactly. It wasn't just one versus the other. So I've seen that kind of trend change, so that's interesting to hear that. Yeah. And the promotion of that, I think, is something that obviously needs yeah. to happen. Yeah, and they're promoting the hell out of it. And a lot of people that we talk to, I mean, there is it's easier to, to specialize in one sport, but a lot of the athletes that we're talking to, they, they played multiple. And one of the things I always loved was John Jansen. I'll never forget it. You know, I asked him why. Why play multi-sports? He's like, you learn how to win. And 
you know, we actually wrote a blog about it recently too. It's if you put yourself in 30 to 40 situations where the game's on the line, whether it be soccer, football, basketball, whatever it may be, and I have the ball in my hands, a game-winning shot, even if I miss it or lose it, I know what it's like to be in that game-winning moment. If you only play one sport, you may only get one chance, two chances, whatever it may be at that game-winning moment. So, you know, for him, it was like it, it teaches you to be a good winner and teaches you to be a good loser too because you learn how eventually to win. So I always thought that was interesting just on the multi-sport. That's very uh, cool. But just getting back to the podcast, so we, we launched that. We're 28 episodes deep now. Uh, we had everything from former players players professional players to former coaches. i was gonna say i'm looking at some of the names you have on there they're just awesome yeah. names so so with that in mind how do you and i'm sure it's the question that everybody get asked yeah i mean people are starting podcasts i mean ourselves look we're, we're sitting down interviewing one another yeah. right now how do you get those big name guests yeah everybody always wants to know that we get those questions all the time as well how do you get some of those big name people yeah on to say who are you? You're some guys out of Bellingham, Mass, <laughs> yeah. Norwood. Where, where the heck are you? Yeah, that question is actually, it's pretty humbling too when people are like, oh, how do you get these guests? And you know, I'll be the first one to admit, my co-founder Steve is is amazing getting these guests. He hustles. He'll pick up the phone, which is rare nowadays, people picking up the phone, but he'll call these agents. He'll call whoever he needs to. No he'll direct way. message awesome. them on Instagram, Twitter. And you'll be surprised too if reaching out actually isn't that hard you, on Instagram, whatever it may be. Just reach out to these people and say, hey, I got a podcast that helps teach kids, parents, players, sport coaches sports like are you interested in telling your journey and a lot of these retired or former players will say absolutely and they'll jump on so um that's really just cool. gone through that process of just reaching out to these people and just and you know we've been extremely lucky and extremely fortunate that they have have helped us out even two newer guys andy isabella dalton reisner who are two guys going to be drafted they're getting ready for the combine right now uh they were just extremely grateful just to be on you know and they were just great throughout the whole process they were like anything you guys need let us know so it's like i said getting lucky with guys like that who have really just opened up their hearts and, and let us in and that's the one thing in business i don't care what it's in if you're starting a podcast you're doing a video series you're doing a blog series you're just trying to get sales. You always have to, you can't stop and not reach out. Yeah. You have to reach mm -hmm. out to everybody, you right? I mean, that's the, the big thing we've learned ourselves. Yeah, yeah, you have to. And you got to keep that. And we keep the relationship flow going too. Like Dalton just played, Dalton and Andy just played in the uh, Reese's Senior Bowl uh, a few months ago. And as soon as they were done, we reached out and like, hey, great job, guys. A great game. And that's just like us building the relationship with them. It's not us you know we're not looking for money from them or anything else or a promotion it's just us just being good guys and i think bringing the human element element into it whether it be dan orlovsky is on espn now every single day on get up you know just reaching out to him and be like hey a great point you made on this and this it's just keeping that relationship going and not necessarily us looking for something or any handouts or anything so uh you know i think the biggest point of building if you are anyone listening trying to get these guys onto a podcast or a video cast whatever it may be just keep the human element into it don't keep the business element into it we're just like you know we we shoot the gab just like anyone else it's not like it's you gotta like feel like you're trying to get you're robotic so to say you can't be robotic totally. keep the human you have element to be a person it. they're people right you know what i mean yeah a person that just yeah. happened to be a guy that went to yes he's got a million dollars exactly back pocket, exactly right? yeah but they're you know people just they're, like they're people that's it that's it and i think you know one thing that we've learned is just Keep, treat them like people and, and you know because early on we were we were the robots oh we had everything scripted out we had every single question scripted out and uh, okay he finished talking now we need to get to this question okay and then like I put a lot of pressure on us too because we are if you go back to the early days of our interviews it does sound robotic where it's like oh that's cool um, so tell me about this and it just it was very scripted very, but now versus just having a conversation now we there. literally 
we get our points we want to make and that's it. We have a sheet of points we want to make. Before it was like, all right, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, nine, ten. We want to do this. Now it's just like, all right, we have talking points. Go. Yeah. And Too it, much structure, but you need a little. You do. But not yeah. not so much that it just drives everybody crazy. Exactly. Right? Exactly. And, you know, we do our homework. We spent the whole night before. Uh, like I said, my co-founder Steve does a great job just prepping. Here's what we need to know about this guy. Here's where he went to high school. Here's his coach he had a relationship with. Here's So uh, there's a lot of resources out there where you can get that information. So we make sure that we're prepared. But everything that we do is from a, a human standpoint. And um, it's very conversational. That's awesome. Yeah. So, all right. Let's kind of wrap this up from a business perspective sure. obviously you've you basically had a couple side hustles now that yeah. you've just been well i call them you know side hustles they're basically full-time jobs that i hate with people i almost kind of hate the side hustle term <laughs> yeah it's like oh it's my side hustle well no this is really what i'm trying to do all the time a yeah. side hustle is i might drive for uber mm-hmm. this is my goal my baby what i'm trying to grow what i'm trying to do for a living for the rest of yeah. my life what is your advice for someone that's thinking about starting it, knowing what you've known with Mass Nightly yeah. and now with Victory Sports as well? Yeah, uh, just do it. Just start. Whatever. It, if you have the idea, do it. Like write. For us, it was just writing. We had to write down everything we wanted to do and what we wanted to accomplish. And I think as long as your goal is in mind of what you want to accomplish, you can achieve it. But you got to write it down somewhere. Uh, you got to be organized too, right? For us starting Victory, it was, all right, we know what we want to do. We want to educate players. All right, well, how do we get to it, okay? Um, and then the biggest thing for us is just start, you know, and and it was like, all right, we want to do this clinic. Well, you know, we can fumble it around for a couple ideas. No, for us, it was like, hey, we want to do this clinic. We're launching it next week. All right, so put the stress on us to get everything done. Hey, we want a podcast we want to do. All right, we'll get the guests on as soon as we can so we can start with it. Um, the blog stuff. Hey, we want to crank out three blogs a week that are 1,000, 2,000 word blogs. It's got to be done by Friday. Okay, let's get it done. So for us, setting those short-term goals and just attacking it. And I use the word attack. You have to have everyone on board to attack um, and just to get everything out there. So you know, any advice out there is just write it down what you want to do. Surround yourself with the people that you want to be involved with and attack. And just make sure that you grab it and you attack it because it's it's one of those things where the more one thing we can't get back is our time, right? So if you said, Oh, I have an idea, but you're still waiting on it, before you know it, two, three, four years are gonna pass, you're gonna have kids, you're gonna have whatever it may be. So um, you know, I'm fortunate. Uh, I shouldn't say I'm fortunate, but I, I don't have kids, right? So, what are you saying, man? <laughs> what are you saying, well, man? I just dropped yeah. them off at daycare <laughs> ten minutes ago. Well, you know, and, and that allows me to, you know, I get that extra hour or whatever it may be to 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 be able to put this place in plan now you know i'm 28 years old right now obviously I'm, i want to have kids i want to do in a year or two years from now but i'm able to put that work in now where i don't have uh the responsibility of you know taking kids to school putting them to bed whatever it may be so uh you know if you are younger listening to this podcast or even if you do have kids whatever it may be just find a lot of time and i think time management is the biggest thing too if uh, I know Gary V's always raving about ditching that show for an hour, you know, and replacing that sh- with like work. Right. And it's true. If you are a guy that likes to get home or a female likes to get home and put on the TV and watch Netflix for three hours, we'll take an hour. I'm not saying cut completely the three hours, but maybe you cut an hour out of that and do social media or learn. Right. I taught myself, I learned how to, I taught myself how to code, right. There's so many resources out there where you can just teach yourself how to code. And how to do anything how for to that do matter, literally, right? literally anything. anything. YouTube, I think one of the biggest values of YouTube now is how to do this. Anything. Every tutorial is out there for every, every single process out there. Everything. So for me, I went to, I think it was Udemy. I think that Udemy, was- Udemy, yep. Yeah, Udemy, okay. So I went there and that's how I figured out how to code. I took two or three courses on there and I found some awesome walkthroughs to teach myself how to code. So 
if you want to do something, put your mind to it and do it. And I know that sounds so cliche and it's so, uh, you know, 21st century to say, but, 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 but the, the resources at the end of the day, I mean, ideas are a dime a dozen. Yep. It's the actions that make the money. Yeah. Right? The resources are there. And, you know, between uh, teaching myself how to code with and getting that going with victory, a lot of the blog stuff we're doing, a lot of it's been research. Uh, I didn't even tell you this before the show. So, um, I have an invention out there too, a football invention that. I, so I did see that. Yeah. I wasn't sure how this kind of parlayed with everything yeah. else, so I stayed away from it. But yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. So me and a childhood, another childhood friend of mine, we, I've always had these ideas of just patenting things and trying to make royalties off. I'm I'm fascinated with the whole royalty aspect. How we could be sitting here talking right now and I'm making money because someone's buying a product. Like that whole idea is just fascinating to me. So. Um, like again i have no experience with lawyers no experience with like the whole royalty process so uh me and a childhood friend he's a plumber full-time plumber and he can build literally anything with his hands so i had this idea of this football stick we call it the shell stick it's built by ray crother um where he can teach kids how to stiff arm and absorb impact because one of the biggest things with a football player is they don't know how to take impact they duck their head that's how you get concussions so we built the soft foam that's uh it's spring loaded, so it's you know you can take impact. It doesn't hurt the players, and you can give them a good pop with it. So it teaches players how to absorb contact. So uh, one of the biggest things when I was coaching, and this uh, somewhat how Victor was built, was these kids don't know how to stiff arm. They don't know how to defend themselves when running the football. So I went to my my best friend Vinny and was like, Hey Vin, I got an idea. Let help me build it. Can so you make this with yeah. Me? So we uh we're both from Bellingham, so we Bellingham Blackhawks. So we started Blackhawk Engineering, and it was just <laughs> it was a small LLC that we built, and it uh we have one invention that's officially making money, which is fantastic. We paired up with a company, and then we have two more inventions that are in the works right now. So, awesome. uh, but just going back to that main point of just doing it for us, it was like, all right, I have this idea instead of sitting on it, like, oh, I could do that. No, do it. We built the, we went to home Depot. We spent about 40 bucks and we built a prototype and then we built the real thing. We sent it to a company. We got the whole partnership worked out. But for us, it was just, Hey, we're going to spend an hour on a Saturday, just getting together two best friends just hanging out I'm laughing have a couple time. beers and we're going to do this and we're just right? going to build yeah we're just going to build it so no i got to ask you though you can have i mean i run into this issue all the time where i have 500 ideas yep. i don't have all the time in the world to do all 500 mm-hmm. how do you you know you mentioned time management how do you make sure that you don't spread yourself too thin yeah. between doing all these ideas because you can't do it yeah. but you know, you're going to become Swiss cheese real quick where there's going to be holes in some of your big yeah. ideas yeah and for us it was going back to staying organized, right? You have to be organized. I have a notebook of, you know, I have three things going on with just with victory, with the inventions. And then I do some social media consulting as well. So for me, I need to stay organized on every single day, what I need to do. And organization is key, but being able to keep a calendar, that's key. I mean, all the little things that you hear in school all the time, make sure you have a planner so you can write everything. It's true. It's there for a reason, right? It's cliche for a reason. So um, if you do have a ton of ideas, find out, you know, say if you have four or five invention ideas, find one that you're most passionate about and chase that one because that's the one that will drive you. If it's something that's, I don't know, you know, a wall hanger or something that you're not but really your, passionate about. But your heart's about. not totally in it. Exactly. You know, you know? It, it's going to wane. It's going to yeah, fall off. Yeah, if you have a football idea and you love football or you have a wall hanger idea and you're not really in love with walls, <laughs> you know, go for the football one and just figure it out because you're most passionate about that and you can use that um, to your advantage of the passion. So, awesome. you know, it's it's staying organized but staying passionate as well. So where can people learn more? Where, tell me where to go. Yeah, so uh, you can follow Victory at, at Victory Sports, V-I-Q-T-O-R-Y Sports, uh, victorysports.com. But 
Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, at Victory Sports. And um, yeah, YouTube as well, Victory Sports. We post content every week, if not every day. And uh, VictorySports.com. And then if you want to follow me on Twitter, at ChrisVictory. And uh, I respond to everybody and anybody. I love talking football too. So, if, <laughs> if, uh, yeah, if you have any football, football guy first, please, right? yeah, please. I love talking football. So, um, but yeah, I dig it, man. That's yeah. awesome. awesome, Chris. Hey. All right, he is Chris's dad. I'm yeah. Tyler Piper. This has been Create Smarter. Right. You'll hear us next time. Take care. <laughs>